1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love. In the midst of our post Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ. The gravity that holds everything together.
3: Hey friends, it's the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Uh, I'm Ben. This Matt. Ben. Yeah, all right, We're all here. Uh, friends, we uh, we're going to we're trying to do like a radio lab intro. If you guys listen to Radio we, Lab, where is that they're what like, doing? yeah, well, they're um, I, I kind of like their intros where they're nailed like... nailed it, nailed it. We I think we totally nailed it. <laughs> I think the delay of having you in Atlanta uh, makes it difficult, but uh, but you uh, know they're always like, hey, it's Jad, it's Rob, it's yeah, Radio Lab, Robert, or whatever, Robert. Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never actually listened to it. No, it's a good, it's a pretty good podcast. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, good job, Chad those guys. And those guys Robin, are getting better Greg? and better. Those yeah, Radio Lab yeah, fellas. they're uh, they're getting there as yeah. far as podcasts go. Um, well, friends, um. Yeah, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. What are we doing here? We're glad that you've uh, chosen to spend some time with us. This is great. Um, You've clicked on an episode that says, Is There Room for Tough Love in Grace and Truth? We talk a lot about grace and truth, and Mm -hmm. um, we get uh, questions every once in a while. Somebody will email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Yep and uh, they ask questions and that was a question that uh, someone emailed us and asked and so we did an episode on it
4: we actually have we, I, I feel a little like we've been delinquent we have several questions in the queue
3: yeah we've, we've got them in our little uh, we haven't forgotten you yeah we haven't forgotten you so uh, but if you have new questions email us let us know yeah podcast at com.
4: and so is there room for tough love and grace and truth you mm-hmm. can listen to the episode but spoiler alert
3: there is oh oh what were you gonna say I was say? gonna say no no <laughs> <laughs> grace no. and truth is about being nice and you can never yeah well it depends on what you mean by tough love i think we we probably nuance it we tend to do that yeah so um let's get to the episode what do we get to the episode any, uh, any the first yeah two announcements uh we're yep. booking we're still booking workshops for 2020 we've got several we conversations going there um hardman say a little bit more about that what are, what are workshops what are we doing there
5: yeah, we're booking workshops, and they're great, and you should book one.
3: Yes. Uh, we're,
5: we're doing the Enneagram workshop, which we just finished a series uh, on the Enneagram, a mini-series on the Enneagram. If that tickled your fancy or <laughs> was interesting to you, yes. uh, we would love to come out and uh, spend some time with your team and talk to you about that. Yep. Uh, we're doing uh, Parenting in Grace and Truth, mm-hmm. which uh, tackles some of the kind of issues that we're going to actually talk about today. Yep. Is there room for yes. tough love in Parenting in Grace and Truth, Matt?
4: Yes, I mean, no,
5: no, oh, no, not. <laughs> no,
3: yes, maybe. no ah! maybe, uh,
5: yeah. And so we're doing those workshops. We're booking those for 2020 and, mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of places that we're kind of already going to and heading to. It's going to be a fun year.
3: Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and then, uh, don't forget about our membership, uh, community on Patreon. Um, that's a way if you appreciate this podcast, if you uh, want to partner with us in the work, um, that's a way for you to support us, and there's also some really cool perks uh, that we've got uh, on that platform, including the Practitioner Podcast, which is a lot of fun. We just did, uh, uh, I think, the latest episode we released of the Practitioner Podcast is "I've Made a Huge Mistake, Part 2.
4: Yep, there's a lot of them though. This is a, this
3: mm-hmm. will not be
4: a mini series.
3: Yeah, this will be a maxi <laughs> series, a macro series. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk uh, more and more about it, but the Practitioner Podcast is uh, where we can. Share a little bit more intimately, a little bit more deeply with a, with a kind of a smaller community uh, of those who we know are kind of with us in, yeah. this, uh, in this journey. And so if that interests you, um, there's also you can get free access to all of our um, online courses. We've got a number of those yep. um, that you get free access to if you um, support us at $30 or more a month. Uh, but there's all kinds of uh, interesting goodies there so so uh for the workshops go to gravityleadership.com/workshops uh for the membership community go to patreon.com/gravityleadership
4: and prepare yeah. your ear
5: And holes. you guys are heading you guys are heading to St.
3: Louis next week for some consulting too? Yeah. yeah. A couple hours yeah. south of St. Louis. By the St. time Louis. this comes out, it will be this week. Yeah. Yep. We're leaving uh Thursday. We're, we're going to be down okay. there working with a church uh in Missouri,
4: yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I've be been fun. coaching the the senior pastor there, and they're doing some amazing work. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. That's
3: fun. that. That's also something we do consulting. Yep. So if you're interested in that, check it out. All right, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes, friends. Uh, anything else to say? No. All right. In- enjoy, enjoy this the episode. episode. Yep. Yeah.
4: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. This is Matt. I'm with Ben, and Ben.
3: Yep, the Bens mm-hmm. and the Matt. The Bens. We're here.
4: Hey, that's a great album, by the way.
3: Oh yeah, Radiohead. The Bens. I know what you're yeah. talking about. They named it after us. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they it, did. I think there was a it was. They did. On we there. were. The, yeah, the Bens. Oh. it's the it's the D disease oh. you get or the condition you get when you come up from the deep places of the ocean too quickly.
4: What a great. Like what a great metaphor! What a picture yeah. for an album! Yeah, totally. You're coming up. You're coming up out of the depths too quickly. Yeah, man.
3: Man, Radiohead. All right, I'm gonna go listen to one Radiohead. Of my favorite you guys bands. do this podcast. All right. One of my day. favorite bands. All right, so hey guys, we're gonna do a uh, a Q and A episode here every once in a while. Uh, people email us uh, at podcast at gravityleadership dot com. If you want to email us at podcast at gravityleadership dot com, please do. We'd love to hear from you. Um, got some weird like. uh I was going to say, like... Fake
4: Plastic Trees.
3: Oh, yeah, this is a classic.
4: This is on the Benz.
3: I was like, somebody's, like, working their cell phone. This I is, hear weird... weird uh,
4: this is one of the best Radiohead get, songs gonna get of all time. in so
5: much trouble with some kind of copyright. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I was just playing in the restaurant gonna... that we're in. So and the we didn't, s- the just semin- so you know, we didn't press play on that.
4: <laughs> the seminary I went to, uh, uh, the worship band uh-huh. played Fake Plastic Trees as a meditation after a sermon once. Mm. Like So the congregation didn't sing it. But uh, the chaplain made them change the uh, one of the lyrics. She feels like the real thing. There's like oh, this lyric of like, yeah, she yeah, looks yeah. like the real thing. Mm-hmm. She feels like the real thing.
5: Mm-hmm. What did they change it to? Jesus is the real uh, thing?
4: She looks like the real thing. She seems, seems like, like the, the real, real thing. thing. That's yeah, what that would I would do. I yeah, think there. that's what they
5: yeah. I would have changed it to Jesus. <laughs> She, she Jesus like the, like the real thing, thing. Jesus is the
4: Jesus, thing. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Just to remind you what this is all about anyway.
3: uh, No, friends, we are um, We're going to do a, a Q&A episode Well, not a whole episode we We're just going to answer one question
4: We ask you to send questions in And you yeah. actually do send questions You in. do
3: send questions in So we honor this We just this. don't like all the questions We only like <laughs> some of the questions <laughs> So if you've sent a question in uh, it It went to spam Because it was a bad question <laughs> No. That's not, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true at all. we love to
5: get your questions. I We're just actually, not answering
3: all of them. I actually have to check. <laughs> guys, we appreciate you sending the question. Shh, shh. So, guys, listen. Stop shh, talking. Listen. Shh, listen. Stop. Here's the state of email these days. i
4: want to put Radiohead back on if you guys can't behave.
3: I actually <laughs> have, to, I have to. I have a task in my task list every week to check my spam folder because the, f- the forms that people fill out on our website, they, like, they keep going to Spam. So I have to like check my spam folder to find people who are interested yeah. in coaching and who the are heck? asking questions about the podcast. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Why is that? that sounds
5: is ridiculous. exactly what a peacemaker would say when they're not answering someone's question. All
3: right, why don't you read the
4: question? Because we're ans- we're What's getting spam? To the, we're getting to the bottom of the, the okay. So
3: the the question here is: um, Is there room for tough love in grace and truth? So Tom Lyons uh, asked this question. He, he said, "Um." You know, first of all, he was very firming about our podcast. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you listening, and I'm glad you're helped by it. And um, he was asking a question. That's a good way to get your question (laughs) answered, right? Right. Yeah. No, Tom. Tom's. uh, I appreciate him saying that. Um, So he he said, "I have a question that seems to remain unanswered so far in my listening of your podcast. Is there any place for tough love in your leading, like Jesus, living on mission and making disciples?" And is there a time for the pursuit of justice in advocating for victims of abuse and oppression?
4: Does that make, does that question make sense to you guys? It makes sense to me, and I got lots of things to say.
3: Yeah. So That's shocking. I would... I, <laughs> I would um, <laughs> yeah, so one of the ways I'd rephrase this is we, we talk a lot about grace and truth, and the kind of the combination of grace and truth. Um, learning to lead like Jesus means that we are full of grace and truth, like Jesus was and is, uh, full of grace and truth. But a lot of times people uh, have a hard time imagining what that actually looks like. And so oftentimes what pops into people's heads is, that does that mean we're sort of nice? Yeah. Does that mean we're just nice to people? Is that what you mean? Like, is there room for... Um, so I like his question. Like, is there room for tough love and... Related to that, like advocating for victims of abuse and oppression, like like is being nice to the oppressor, is that what you mean by love? Or is just being nice to people, is that what you mean by love? So Matt, you want to start us off? What 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 occurs to you as you hear that question?
4: Well, I think Jesus presents um, a model. So a lot of our training is Jesus is a model for what it means to be human, mm. and he, he gives us a—he's the pioneer— of a new humanity, so we can follow him into his humanity in a way that uh, coheres and makes sense of how we're supposed to be human. So one of the things I would say about that is I think Jesus uh, operates in his world as someone without power. Right. So he is. What do you a, mean by that? Uh, he's a marginalized minority from a despised part of his country.
3: Okay. Yeah, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So
4: he, yeah, so he's a Galilean, which uh, Galilee was in the ancient area of Samaria. It was like wedged in between Samaria and pagan area. Uh And so a lot of people lived in Galilee were um, accused of being uh, Samaritans that had moved north Hmm. or Jewish people, Israelites, that had intermarried with uh, pagans. Yeah. So they weren't faithful to Torah. They were half-bloods at best. And they didn't take place in the regular religious obligations of what it meant to be a faithful Jew, i.e. they weren't a part of daily or even um, seasonal uh, sacrifices and oblations at the temple, right? right? Yeah. Um, We're told... Yeah, yeah, so that's the first thing. So he was seen by the people who held power in his culture as being um, a blight.
3: Right. And even within the Jewish world, he wasn't like trained by the greatest rabbis. No. He was sort of from nowhere. Like, who trained you? Like, who gave you this authority? Yeah. There was that kind of challenge to his authority all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay.
4: And uh, I think additionally, his uh, what we see emerge really soon after his death. And so, if it didn't exist during his life, although we get hints of this in the Gospels, it was uh, very quickly after his death that he, that his. Uh, his lineage was questioned, so there was this rumor that his mom mm-hmm. was raped by a Roman soldier.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
4: and so his uh, his actual sort of heritage and lineage was came from called sort of into question. This really despicable, despised, yeah, you know, despoiling of his mother. All right. And then Joseph was sort so of just jumping on the
3: so why does shame that shame grenade? Why does that matter then? In sort of. Um, help me help us connect the dots between Tom's question.
4: So honor, i.e., power and esteem in Israelite culture was given to someone based upon their their ability to trace their lineage to uh, ancient origins of of like being being a true Israelite. Right? Paul talks about this in one of his letters. He says. Um, I got all these reasons to boast, and he goes mm-hmm. into his lineage. He goes right. into, I was trained under Gamaliel, I was mm-hmm. first in my class, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a baller theologically. Yeah. So this is something that Jews uh, knew and held on to. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons why gospel stories start with the genealogy of Jesus that mm-hmm. traces his lineage sure. you know, back to David. Yes. They're trying to solidify the fact that he actually did have credentials, legit credentials. But in his life... There was a bunch of can anything good come from Galilee? Or yeah. isn't this guy from Galilee? We all know that nothing nothing good can come from Nazareth. Like mm-hmm. there was this uh, sort of dismissal of Jesus yeah. because he was from the backwoods, inter intermarried, uh, doesn't take Torah or uh, temple seriously.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Galilee, yeah. right? So Jesus was outside of the power structures of Rome. He wasn't a Sadducee. He wasn't a high priest. And Israel, he wasn't a Pharisee, he wasn't Gamaliel, he wasn't mm-hmm. one of the rabbis. And so Jesus held a position of no power.
3: Okay. Does
4: that make sense? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So,
3: so Jesus held a position of no power. Keep going.
4: So this, this, I think this matters um, for at least the three of us, because as white dudes in America, mm-hmm. uh, we hold cultural and social power in our country. Like, our country is founded on the fact that uh, that our ethnicity is superior to every other eth- ethnicity. Right. right. This, I'm, so so, this I'm is sorry a, if I'm the white, first person to tell you this, right. but this is... This is what might be the called founding, white privilege. The founding myth of America yeah. is that uh, we actually deserve any and every piece of land that we can claim, mm-hmm. because we have superior cultural and... in uh, and mental architecture to seize right.
3: it, and we've designed that world that way. Great.
4: Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jesus then speaks as a marginalized, powerless person um, to other marginalized, powerless pre- people in what we would what we would typically think of as grace and truth. So he's calling people in. He's, he's empowering them, uh, yeah. even people within his culture who don't have tons of power. Uh, the syn- synagogue leaders, rich young rulers, he's challenging them, crazy challenging them, but he's still offering, I mean, we're told explicitly in Luke's gospel that he looks at the rich young ruler and he loves him and he says, hey, one thing you lack, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus is doing this. But then there's this section in Matthew, you can look it up if you want, Matthew 21 through 24, where Jesus gets, Just I think, cranked up. I think what we would describe as tough love he gets a little... You hypocrites. You hypocrites, you whitewashed tombs, yeah. right? Uh, you... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So he, he goes after the Pharisees and the mm-hmm. leaders of the people. And one of the common criticisms that we receive in our training is, well, where's there room for letting people have it like Jesus does the Pharisees in Matthew's Gospel? hmm Yeah. Okay. And, and I would say several things about this. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. One is Jesus is operating as a powerless person in his culture Mm -hmm. who has taken and tried to subvert the power structures of his day for years and years. We we know at least three years, perhaps Mm -hmm. more before that. He is approaching his death, Mm -hmm. and he knows it, and so he speaks plainly about why their addiction and, and commitment to the kind of power they have is leading to their destruction.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's sort of a uh, a last ditch effort, like get out of the street. There's a car coming.
4: Yeah, you know, and he's operating in sort of this prophetic tradition of Israel, where prophets mm-hmm. who are opposed and marginalized are right. speaking truth to
3: Jeremiah. Yeah, that kind
4: of tradition. Yeah, 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 that kind of tradition. Um, and so I would say, like, yeah, if you find yourself as a marginalized person who is outside uh, power structures and you've been witnessing and s- subverting them obliquely and prophetically for years, and you are approaching your own sort of termination or demise, mm-hmm. then yeah, speak plainly. Speak truthfully. And you may, you may not even be approaching it. You may just have been living under it your whole life, and you may know, I mean, none of us, many of us don't know when we're going to die, but you may just operate in speaking as a powerless person to power and saying, this is all crap mm-hmm. and I'm going to name it for what it is. Yeah. And I say, that's great. Yeah. But here's the thing that here's the thing that I just want to, I'm getting to like my response, mm-hmm. you know, nine minutes later, <laughs> um, is that most of the people who ask, is there room for tough love? They're not marginalized, powerless people. Right. They're people, and I don't know the question, I don't know if this person who came from. Sure, so sure. I, I'm not, not, not a judgment about no, this person. No, 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 not at sure. all. I, I don't know who you are at all. But most of the people that push back against this are people with power who are used to speaking with power, mm-hmm. who are used to, put, quote, putting people in their place. Yeah. Using their power to control yeah. and overpower people.
3: Right. So, so part, of the, part of the answer is, like, is there room for tough love? Well, yes. But, right? So there's this asterisk that we're talking about where it's like, part of, the, part of what needs to be looked at here is, what are the power dynamics in this relationship, Right. That matters a lot. That seems to matter a lot. Right. So if I'm, if I'm a marginalized person, um, tough love might look different than if I am a powerful person. And it yeah. needs to be different. Yes, but that's not different.
5: suggesting that if you're not a marginalized person, you can't speak to power in any way. No. We so, need people who actually have power to speak to power also, so, right? So the you way, would agree with that, the correct? Way, the way Paul does mm-hmm. that
4: in Corinth is that he, he has power. He's a Roman citizen. Yeah. He's got this uh, elegant sort of uh, training and pedigree. Mm-hmm. And he says in Corinth that he becomes all things to all people. We like to say that as like, hey, this is how we, be, you know, this is how we contextualize and become relevant.
1: Mm-hmm. But what he's
4: actually saying when he says I become all things to all people is, I haven't made myself beholden to powerful people so that I have to do what they want. Yeah, He's saying, I, I have decided to remain free from being a benefactor to any patron in Corinth so that I can call these wealthy benefactors in Corinth to account. Yeah. But he does that by not playing their game. Right. Right? Yeah. He does that by subverting the entire structure they're built on. Yeah. Right? So I think there's, um, I think there's a a reimagining of what it means to prophetically stand against evil and misuse of power in our culture. Yeah. I think... I mean, I've, we've talked about this, guys, even, even, to, even today as we've been here. I think I'm most comfortable, like, verbally attacking things that are wrong. Mm. And what I, see, what I see Paul doing and Jesus doing is inhabiting uh, evil, wrong cultures in subversive ways mm-hmm. to let their wrongness and evil be revealed. For what it is. For what it is. Yeah. And that challenges the junk out of me. Mm-hmm i don't yeah. ha- I don't have the patience or the character
3: probably yeah. to do that or the imagination or the imagination, or the imagination right? yeah. to do that yeah, because yeah. I mean ulti- I'm, I'm thinking of like ultimately then that's Jesus dying on the cross that's the ultimate revelation of the evil of the power structures, right but it cost him his life <laughs> uh, It'd probably be a lot easier to throw some stones or denounce from a di- from a distance, right
4: well, you bring that up in a something i I need to write on uh, before I die. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus actually actually call, actually connects his crucifixion to what's killing Israel. Yeah. And he does it in John 3. Uh, he says, no one has gone up. This is John three thirteen. for those of you who are following along at home. No one has gone <laughs> up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one, or the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And then there's that uh, you know football verse, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is referencing that 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 story in Numbers, right? Where the snakes are killing the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, help us, help us, save us, save us. And, and mm-hmm. Moses says, hey, uh, I'm gonna, God says, build this bronze snake and hold it up. Mm-hmm. And so Moses holds this bronze snake, this effigy, like builds this thing. Pic- this, this picture this, of, this picture what's, killing of what's killing you. And the Israelites stare at what's killing them, uh, held and mediated by God's representative, Mm -hmm. and when they face what's killing them, they're healed. Jesus connects his crucifixion here to Moses lifting up the snake in the wilderness. So Jesus being lifted up on the cross is Moses... Being uh, holding up the snake and the Israelites being saved. So the salvific thing of the cross isn't just Jesus takes the penalty that we could not pay Mm -hmm. or Jesus uh, dies on our behalf, but it's behold what's killing you.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
4: It's And and we see this in John 11 because the chief priest actually says, and John gives us sort of this, he didn't even know what he was saying, but he's right. Mm -hmm. It's better for one man to die than for the whole country to go down the toilet. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. I think that's the message. And so <laughs> yeah. and so and so uh what's what's killing Israel is this need to have someone to blame. Yeah. And kill yeah. for our problems.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh Yeah. I mean that's a that's a uh that's a that's a brilliant uh theological sort of framework within which to think about some of these things. I wonder if it would be helpful to get uh, a little bit more practical now to say like, well, how does that then work out yeah. in, in uh, everyday life? So what, what does it look like then to advocate for the oppressed, to advocate for justice? What does it look like to uh, hold a boundary in grace and truth, hmm. like in love, that doesn't include you know, yelling at someone or you know, that kind of thing? So if we're going to try to operate in love— like, in grace and truth, what does that actually look like then? Yeah, like, how, 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 what does, you know... So I think the, <laughs> the explicit answer to your question, Tom, is yes. Like, grace and truth does include what we might call tough love. Mm. Um, but tough love isn't the same thing as sort of yelling at people. The way culture defines it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not sort of yelling at people or coercing people. Um, but what does that look like? I wonder if either of you have, a like, a story, um, an example that you can come up with that, that maybe gives people an imagination. I think that's what a lot of people are lacking is just an imagination. Yep. Like what might this look like for me to actually engage like Jesus to open up space for people to see reality, even if it's hard for them, but to love them in a way that isn't just being nice to them so that they feel good, but love them so that they can see reality even if that sort of stings a bit. that makes sense? Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, that, that, that's what's lacking a lot of times for th- people.
4: Well, so for me, it occurs to me that recently, um, recently there was a person in my life that was coming to my church. But um, we've told this story on our practitioner podcast, and I don't want to go into the details here. But there was somebody at our church who was <clears throat> uh, doing things like uh, publicly shaming me. <laughs> So would, would scoff and roll his eyes when I would lead our liturgy Mm -hmm. and would, um, I would tell him, here's my intention, here's what I want. And he would tell me, I don't believe you. Uh, and he would, he would continually relate to me in ways that weren't, uh, clean with what I was saying and what I, what I was desiring. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I spent a lot of time just saying, uh, to this person, Hey, um, Here's what I want. I ask, I'm asking you to treat me in this way. Mm-hmm. And he continually refused to do it. Yeah. And so eventually, eventually, what my submitting to him and asking him to honor me wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so I had to simply pivot to, you can't treat me like this anymore. Yeah. This isn't good for you, for me, or for our church. Yeah. I just had to tell him, no, yeah. you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And when you when you do it, I'm committing to you to let you know that that's not okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Right? And yeah. I think that's what Tom's asking about. Yeah. Like, at some point, at some point when someone doesn't respond to the grace you're giving them, mm-hmm. you have to tell them, you can't continue to take grace yeah. from me yeah. and pervert it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's right? a good example.
5: Yeah. Other thoughts? Yeah, I, I was just thinking of how often there are people that I'm in relationship with and I I don't want to go into any real specific details, but people mm-hmm. that are playing a specific game that I'm just mm. I'm just refusing to engage in. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So they're wanting me to have a conversation at this level like they're mm-hmm. wanting to have a hot conversation with me and yeah. I just kind of am saying I'm I'm going to refuse to have that conversation at that yeah. level but yeah. that doesn't mean I also don't set a boundary that says no we're we're not going to do it right there. Well that is yeah. You know that happens I, I great examples. I got teenage sons, right? <laughs> and so yeah. like often my teenage sons are trying to engage me in a specific way that I just have to say, boys, we're not going to have the conversation here. We're, yeah. we're not, I, yeah. you know, I'm going to be the thermostat here, and I'm going to set mm-hmm. the temperature of yeah. where we're going to have the conversation, yeah. rather than allowing you to rile me up, and rather than me following you up and down. Yeah. That's a parenting thing that I do, but it's also something I have to do as a pastor all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have the conversation here. I know that you want to have that conversation here, but we're not. So it's the non-anxious presence, right? Uh, You know, Jesus, John chapter 1, is full of both grace and truth, which Mm -hmm. means that that's not a technique that he uses to get what he wants. It's not manipulative. It's not coercive. It's not the sandwich method, which we're taught in management, (laughs) right? Say more about the sandwich method. Right. So so you say something nice and then something negative and then something nice. So, you know, Matt, really good. Talk about... Thank you. Uh, Jesus today. And yep. I'd really like for you not to yell at me so much. And also, I really like your shirt. <laughs> no, right? it'd, it's... Be like,
4: it'd be like, uh, hey, Sharon, my wife. Hey, Sharon, I really appreciate all the dishes you do in uh, in our house. Um, when you talk to me about my weaknesses, I want to, like, punch the wall, and it's unhelpful for me at all. By the way, your perfume smells really nice. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the sandwich method.
3: I'd like to yeah. kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to make out? <laughs> yeah. Although that might not be a positive, yeah, um. No, yeah. 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 And like so, the deposit so,
5: yeah. reward kind of thing, right? Right. You got to right. um, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. make a certain, or yeah, like you got to make a certain amount of deposits mm-hmm. before I make a withdrawal, right? Where, right. That's, I, that drives me crazy when I hear that in marriages. Yeah. Right? You just gotta, like, so if I want something from Sarah, I've got to like manipulate my way yes. into it and think about how many times yeah, I have totally. to make these... De- yeah, th- like th- that's that's the using framework. grace and truth as a method of manipulation yes. and it's control bankrupt. and coercion. It's bankrupt. And, and so for me, it's it's not that manipulative method of I want to get what I want, that's but good. it is defining yeah. where the conversation is going to take place. Yeah. I'm not going to go there with you. Yeah. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not, you know, like even if it's in setting boundaries, I'm yeah. not going to be that type of pastor for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, being clear about I, yeah, that like, is part I, of love. Yeah. So so for me, being able to say, this is this is a really redemptive phrase. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but being able to say, so our church is growing rapidly. Like mm-hmm. we, we started a couple of years ago with just a few people and it's grown really rapidly. And I'm just realizing I can't keep track of everybody relationally right now. Yeah. And so for me to be able to say to people, I am terribly sorry that I've disappointed you. Because they want you to be there. They want sort me of to be there in everything. There's, all, there's, there's like who's... a Southern thing that, yeah. that I'm learning. So I'm, I'm from Cincinnati and I moved <laughs> to Atlanta. And there's like a Southern thing that the pastor has to be at everything. And so anytime I have a question, it needs to be the pastor. And so I'll try mm-hmm. and send somebody else from my team and they'll yeah. say, no, well, I don't want them. I want the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And so my phrase that I've been saying to people is, I'm terribly sorry to disappoint you but I can't be there, right? Yeah, And this leave it at that,
3: right? Yeah, and then uh, and they, for me, they get to make a decision. That feels,
5: that yeah, that yeah. feels to me like that's setting a boundary, mm-hmm. um, that that's saying I'm not gonna go to the all these right. places. Right. Because my two options there seem to be, I either coerce to everything and just jump into whatever they asked me to do so that I can keep everybody happy, Right? or I set a hard rule and say, no, what? Well, you know what, my policy is, or the church is... Like, I try and blame it on somebody else. The elders have created a policy <laughs> for me that says, yeah. or
3: my wife told me I couldn't, or yeah. those kinds of things. So you take responsibility it's just for the very fact simple that you're making a choice.
5: I, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a great example. No, that's helpful. But, but it, is, helpful. it is the idea of setting a boundary in grace and truth. Yeah. yeah, so
4: boundaries, saying no in a, this isn't okay for, it's not okay for you to ask this of me, it's not okay for you to treat me like this, mm-hmm. is a really healthy thing to do. Yeah,
3: yeah. and that's part of love. Even if. Yes. It's part of love.
4: I just want to say, even if you're wrong.
5: Yes. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and typically the people that are upset because you're setting boundaries are the people that are benefiting because you don't have them.
4: oh say that again Ben I need to receive it right say it again
5: the people that begin to be upset when you're setting boundaries are the people that what did I I don't know what I
3: said are benefiting because you don't have them them. yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh gosh yeah well that's really helpful and I, I I like what you said too about even if you're wrong like that's part of that's part of the negotiation that's part of the discernment is to really own what you want, right? And, and be able to set boundaries. And you're, what you're doing there is creating a culture where everybody can discern yeah. together, you know, like what's appropriate. So if you want to own your own boundaries, that's great. But then you're also, in, in so doing, you're inviting others to talk about what they want and to talk about, you know, like, why do you want the pastor at every event? Yes. You know, like, well, let's talk about that. That would be a wonderful discipleship conversation. Yeah. Probably so. Do you want to have that conversation? Yeah, or not? So yeah. tough. You
4: know? So tough love with my eleven year old. Mm. I've I've mentioned this before. He keeps um, he has a thirty minute limit on his screen time, and he keeps violating that limit. Mm-hmm. Now, as a dad of an eleven year old, I can I can lower the boom, right? I can take away iPad. You can be grounded for all games. kinds of consequences. I right. mean, I could just punish. I could yeah. just like lower the truth. Yeah, and you must respect my authority. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm trying to figure out how to empower my son to care about his own development and wisdom and self-control as much as I do. Mm -hmm. I want to recruit him to be an active participant in his own development of not having an unhealthy addiction or attachment to screens. So when I catch him on a screen, the conversation goes something like, Deacon, uh, tell me what's going on right now. Tell me why you're on your screen. Uh, What do you think the consequence should be? And what is the strategy you're willing to employ to help you make the decisions you know you, know you need to make. Mm-hmm. And we, we come up with a plan, and then I ask him, Deacon, tell me, what is what is my goal in parenting you in this? Mm-hmm. And he's able to say to me, you want me to grow, uh, to develop wisdom to know how to use screens? And I said, why is that? And he says, because when I go to college, you won't be there, and I'll have to make decisions on my own.
0: hmm Yeah,
4: and so I feel like, uh, you know, it's really hard to like share something with an eleven-year-old because you don't know how it's going to turn out. (laughs) Like, I have no idea if this is—I mean, I have no idea if this is going to work or not. I'm just saying this is the experiment of having tough love Mm -hmm. with somebody who's not responding to me, just sort of laying out expectations and saying, you know, the normal sort of grace and truth thing. I want to recruit him into his own good, but if he refuses to participate in his own good, then I, then I just, I share with him boundaries about, yeah, I, I won't, if you don't want to participate in your own good, that's yeah. fine. But uh, here are the boundaries around me letting you harm yourself.
3: Yeah. Yes. As, as an 11 year old. It'll, because it'll change when he's you. 20. Yes. It'll yeah. change when he's 30. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Right. Yeah. I think it's really important, especially for guys like you and me, Matt, who are a little feisty, like to understand that, yes, Jesus did flip the tables. Mm-hmm. But way more often than not, he didn't flip the tables.
3: And him right? flipping so, the so tables. If I find yeah.
5: myself in a pattern of table flipping yeah. all the time. Like yeah. if I'm flipping tables every week, yeah. I'm probably not living in the posture of Jesus. And yeah. <laughs> right? And
3: I think there's there's ways that we read into that, right? Where we see Jesus flipping tables and we think, oh, he lost his temper. Yeah. He didn't lose his temper. Yeah. You know, that's a prophetic intentional act. Like he can just as easily go into the temple and look around. No, but he got and fired go up. Home. Like
5: he got fired up in it. We're allowed he to did. say he got fired up. Ben.
3: He got fired up, but he didn't lose his temper. You know what I mean? Like that was an intentional act. He walked into the temple, looked around, and went. He home. didn't lose control. And then he went into the temple and flipped the tables in an intentional act of saying this is a prophetic denouncement of what's happening here. Yes. Um, it wasn't that he lost control. It wasn't that he lost his temper. He's doing something intentionally. Like, you know what I mean? So, Jesus, Jesus yes, is so doing so what I'm suggesting
5: is that there are times when you need to intentionally flip the prophetic table. Yeah. Right? But if I find myself doing that every single week yeah. or every, like, and three I times a month, and I table? can't not, then, then I need yeah. to evaluate my posture because yeah. more often than not, Jesus didn't choose to flip the prophetic table. Right?
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess, I guess what I want to say to Tom is... There is tough love, but tough love has way more to do with you owning your own wants and desires and boundaries than you asserting and telling other people yeah. what they should want and desire yeah. and their boundaries. Yeah. For, right?
3: me, for me, tough love has, has often meant, and this is a phrase we use a lot in our training in Gravity Leadership Academy, is uh, telling the truth about yourself. Yeah. Like that for me has been a lifeline to be like, I don't know what to do here. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I'm agitated. I don't person, know what's happening here. Yeah. I can tell the truth about my agitation. I can tell the truth about my frustration. And and that opens up the space to be able to set some boundaries. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So instead of just trusting my impressions about what needs to happen here, yeah. I can tell the truth about my my response to what's happening and then open up space to say, help me see what's happening here. Yeah. You know?
4: so, so the person I was referring to like grilled me on our denominations history. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I I don't know. And he was like, well, you should know. And the fact that you don't is uh, you should feel ashamed for that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, dude, later, like a week later, I was like, hey, it's not okay for you to use shame on me to get me to comport to your ideas of what it means to be a good pastor. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I don't remember doing that. Right, which is, uh, by the way, that's gaslighting. Uh, and I was like, well, that's okay. You don't have to remember. I just want you to know the next time you do it, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it to your attention because it's not okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a way of setting a boundary. Like, you can't treat me like that. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna shame me. You're not gonna like whip me with your expectations to get me yeah. to behave the way you want me to. Yeah. That's not okay. So like, tough love says No. Yeah. It says say no. it draws in the sand and says, Whoever's sinless, cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. That's tough love.
3: Yeah. And it's part of it's part of love. It's part of grace and truth. It's it's part of what we're talking about when we talk about that. So yeah.
5: And and there's an enormous difference between standing against injustice and standing against people. I think mm. oftentimes sure, we dude. misconstrue yes. those two things. Yeah. And so we end up standing against people rather than standing against injustice. And I think there's a way that you can walk in grace and truth where you stand against the wrong that is happening and the yeah. injustice is happening, even, yeah. if, even if it's happening to you, mm. without standing against the person. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like... That's, but it does take wisdom and imagination, right, to walk in all of these things.
3: Yeah. You have to process your own sort of triggering in the midst of it. Yeah. Right? So if if I'm finding myself, I can't not flip over the tables... Well, hey, that's probably not prophetic. That's probably you just getting and it's probably not so much about the other person as it is about <laughs> us, right? That's right. So you got to process that. Um, but that 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 still leaves space uh to be able to 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 be able to speak plainly, you know? And this so is where
5: space. this is where communal discernment's so helpful. To yeah. have friends yes. to be able to say, "I I wanna I wanna flip the tables right now. Like I'm totally I am so angry with this person yeah, or I'm so angry with this situation and I don't have an imagination for what grace and truth looks like. Yes. Help yeah. me help me walk in this. This is what Willard mm-hmm. says. We've had those conversations between the totally. three of us often. I yeah. i totally. I mean we've
4: we've talked about our anger recently on the practitioner podcast, Ben, yeah. you and I. Yeah. This is a, uh, I don't know, just something I'm, I'm super I'm... angry with you <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I'm. This is something I'm really acquainted with. I, I Willard says that like God, God can be angry because He can be trusted to act righteously in our Come on. In His anger. Yes, yeah. but but we should never trust ourselves to act righteously in anger. Yeah, right. We, like yeah. that's that's folly. It's yeah. folly to trust our anger more than love. Yeah, and f- too often I have used my anger to justify quote tough love, yeah. which is basically just been a justification for my unrighteous anger. You're right, yeah. for poor behavior treating really people as my enemy mm-hmm. rather than the principalities and powers.
3: Right. And that's what I was going to mention is Ephesians 6, right, where Paul says like, humans aren't our enemies. They're, yeah. they're, if they appear to be our enemies, it means they are, we have are been s- co-opted by the principalities and powers. We are, are powers. seeing yes. people from a worldly
4: yes, point of view. That's and right. Paul says we no longer see people from an earthly point of view. Yeah. So, yeah. so even cotton-headed ninnymoggins... Yeah. Uh, are, I can think of a few. They're no longer <laughs> your enemy in no. Christ. Yeah. If Christ can pray, forgive them; they don't know what they do. Then you can pray, forgive them; they don't know what they do. Yes, because yeah. you, whatever you're suffering, it's less than crucifixion. <laughs>
3: right, right. Unless you're dead right now. Should and then we end there listening to this should, podcast? Should we in
4: there? Like, so, so, so. It's uh, so here, here. Maybe a summary. Okay. Own what you want. Draw boundaries, even if you're not sure they're legit. Mistrust your anger. Yes. And trust God's love. Yes. And learn to see other people not as an opponent, but as someone for whom Christ died. Mm-hmm. That you can also die for them too.
3: Um. Yeah. I keep thinking about. Uh, that's probably a good. That's probably a good place to stop. This is
4: like when Mallory was preaching in our service, and now you're gonna you're gonna preach another seventeen minutes actually. <laughs> <aren't
3: you? laughs> uh, the uh <laughs> the song I keep thinking of uh, I'll just encourage you guys to look this up. But the song I keep thinking of is uh, by the Avet Brothers.
5: I thought it was gonna be the Benz.
3: No. The song we started with the we started with Radiohead, we're ending with the Avet Brothers, but uh No Hard Feelings is a great song by the Avet Brothers and it ends with this uh, it ends with this refrain that just says like uh, I like hard feelings haven't done much good for anyone. And so I'm letting them go. It's a song about death. It's just beautiful, and it ends with just this this refrain that says, "I have no enemies. I have no enemies. Hmm. I have no enemies. I have no enemies." Anyway, it's a beautiful create, song, right? Oh, It's gorgeous. It makes me cry. It makes me cry. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, that might be a maybe a listen to that song. Maybe, maybe your cry, brother can cry with he, Can he, with can he she,
4: mix that song into the? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know if we're podcast? allowed to do that.
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what licensing... So many, there's so many rules about this those like, things. There's licensing. You're going to get us in so much
5: trouble, Tebby.
3: Well, that's what you I do here. The, yeah.
5: Get that. Anyway. What, what, there's probably three letters that will come after us the ESPN or something.
4: ABC. The always, FDA. Be cl- always be closing. Always be closing. All right. All right.
3: All right, friends. Tom. Well, hey, Tom, thanks for the question. For the Appreciate question. your engagement. Um, hope that was helpful for you and for uh, the rest of our listeners. Uh, friends, we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join.